pray with you. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, Lord. We come before you with an open heart and open mind. We come with an open heart to worship you. We come with an open mind, an open mind to to hear from your words. For you to help us to understand your will in our lives. For you to help us to understand what you desire from us, Lord. Lord, as we say this last song, our God is bigger, better, our God is faithful, so we won't be shaken. It, it, it is a beautiful thing to know that we can rely on a God that's immutable, that doesn't change. That He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you stay, you stay faithful, Lord, even though sometimes we're not. And so we want to thank you, Father, for who you are this morning. And we want to keep on concentrating, Lord, who you are uh, for, for a couple of more weeks as we uh, continue with this series uh, on learning on God, on you, Lord. So we want to ask you, Father, for you to speak to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Well, it seems like some people are already starting to take vacation. Uh, hopefully they will hear this message this morning. And I hope uh, I hope uh, it, it comes straight to the heart because uh, it's God's Word. It's not me. It's God's Word. All I'm going to do is make some points and read some verses that support those points that I'm going to be making. Uh, but what, what a beautiful day God has given us. And so I'm sure a lot of people are enjoying enjoying the, 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 the beautiful weather that we're getting now. Uh, if you are here for the first time, uh, I just want to uh, I just want to thank you for being here with us. Um, I just want to let you know that um, uh, I want to let you know that we are here to find to help people find Jesus, to find and follow Jesus with us. So don't forget that uh, we we always want to be inviting people. We want to be telling people about Jesus. And I am blessed to be here today, and I hope you are too. Uh, today we are continuing. Uh, we're continuing on a series on God, uh, a series about His qualities, about His attributes, His qualities. Uh, we have been saying for a few weeks now that His qualities reveal who God is and what we can expect from Him. Uh, what kind of God we serve, what kind of God we worship, what kind of God we follow. And, and last week uh, we um, we said that His attributes or His qualities are expressed in two different ways. His incommunicable attributes, which are attributes beyond description, attributes that are incommunicable, that are things that God, only, only God can have. He, he, we, don't, we don't experience His incommunicable attributes, His omnipotence. He is all-powerful, we are not. He is omnipresent, He is everywhere, we are not. He is omniscient. God knows everything, we, we don't. So, his incommunicable attributes are things that we cannot relate with. But then we also said that he has the communicable attributes 
those are attributes or qualities from God that are, that are transmittable to us, communicable attributes of God are those that humans can also possess. We can experience God's justice, He's just, He's love, He's merciful, He's truthful, He's good. So we can experience those communicable attributes. And last week, we began talking about His goodness. His goodness is one of His communicable attributes. So if God is good and that's one of His communicable attributes, that means that we can also experience that goodness and we can also communicate that goodness to other people. So, because the scripture tells us uh, that, that Psalm 100 verse 5, the uh, scripture tells us that the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and His faithfulness to all generations. Exodus chapter 34 verse 6 also talks about God's goodness. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. So these verses are over and over telling us, letting us know how good God is. That the Lord is good. That He's abounding, He's abounding in goodness. And He is true. Psalm 23 verse 6 also says, Surely goodness and mercy should follow me all the days of my life. It's because God is good and so goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 34 verse 8. All taste and see that the Lord is good. So the scriptures over and over let us know, reminds us of God's goodness. So it's in this verse it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. We, we can go all morning reading verse after verse in the Bible. Verse after verse that talks about the goodness of God. And we have definitely tasted His goodness in our lives. And as a matter of fact, the fact that we are here, it means that you have tasted the goodness of God this morning. You woke up this morning because God is good. You went to work this morning. You were able to do things this week. This, you went to work this week, I'm sorry. You went to work. You went to work. You did a lot of things this past week just because of the goodness of God. We have definitely tasted His goodness in our lives in so many ways. Sometimes we don't even realize how good God is. It's like the king and the servant story. You probably heard this story before, but since you haven't heard it from me, you're going to hear it from me today. But the king, remember, there was a king that had a male servant who, under all circumstances, this servant used to tell my king, used to tell his king, my king, do not be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because in everything God does, that it is perfect. Everything he does is perfect. And he makes no mistakes. So one day, uh, this servant went hunting, hunting with his kin, uh, and they went and, and they were attacked by a wild animal. And uh, uh, the king got attacked, and he lost. Uh, the, the, the servant was trying to protect the king, and in trying to protect the king, he lost a finger. The, the king was furious, and without showing any gratitude, the king said, "If your God is so good, if your God is so good, why why did you lose a finger?" So, so the servant replied, despite all these things, I can only tell you, O king, that God is good in everything. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on. Sometimes we don't understand why he does or he allows what he allows. But God is good. And in everything he does, is perfect. He's never wrong. 
outrage, he, he, he responded, and, uh, you know, he was mad at the servant, and he sent the servant to, bring, to, uh, to be in prison. Later, the king led for another hunt and was captured by savages who used human beings as sacrifice. And on the altar, the savages noticed that uh, the, um, uh, and in the altar, the, 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 the savages discovered that the king didn't have one finger in his place and, and released him because they considered him to be incomplete. To be an, offer, an imperfect offering to the gods that they were sacrificing to. On returning to his palace, the king authorized the release of his servant and told his servant, My friend, God was really good to me today. I was almost killed uh, for lack of a single finger. I was let go. However, I have a question, the king added. If God is so good, why did he allow me to put you in prison? And the servant responded to the king, King, if I would have been with you, I would have been the sacrifice. God is so good that because you didn't have a finger, they didn't sacrifice you. But because I am complete, then they wouldn't sacrifice me. God is good. God kept me in that prison, so I wouldn't be the sacrifice. And when things like this happen, God is so good in His nature... But, but sometimes when things happen in our lives, we don't understand how God, how good God is. A lot of times we tend to complain and complain and complain about how bad things are going in our lives, not realizing sometimes that even those bad moments, even those moments of adversity, God is using them for our benefit. How does God reveal His goodness to us? We were talking about this last week. He reveals His goodness to, to, His goodness to us uh, since before we were born. We talked about it last week, that he, before we were born, He was taking care of us. And, and we experience His goodness also on the fact that after you are born, God is protecting you, and God is providing for you every single day. The fact that we are here today, and that we are able to sing, that we are able to uh, read the Bible... And we're able to fellowship with one another and have a, have a good time with one another. Is the fact that God has been good to us. He has protected us. He has provided for us. And also we said last week that He is so good to us that He is patient with us. He has so much patience with us. The Bible says that if it wasn't because of His love and patience, we would be gone. We would be consumed. So today we are going to see, since God is so good, before we were born, He has protected us during our lives and provided for us, and He is so patient with us. So how do we respond to God's goodness? How do we respond in a practical way to God's goodness? A lot of times we don't really know how to respond to His goodness. And a lot of times we take it for granted. You know, we get up every morning... Without, we don't think, oh, God is good, I just woke up. And, and so, how am I going to behave today based on His goodness? How am I going to behave today? What are the things that I'm going to do because He is so good to me and I need to make sure I do these things that should be the natural response of His goodness to me. So if He's good to me, what are those things that I need to do? 
what are the things that I need to do? Uh, and, and, and let me start by something that many preachers will probably finish with this point. But I'm going to start with this because I'm going to, I'm going to go in, in a logical order in these things that we should do. One of the things that we should do when we see God's goodness, we should learn to repent if we are not doing something right in our lives. We should learn to repent. In other words, this is what Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, and I'm using the New King James Version in some of these verses. But Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of His goodness? forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to what? The goodness of God leads you to what? <laughs> to repentance. So, a lot of times, we despise the rich. We take it for granted. And we despise the richness of His goodness. We take it for It's got to be something that's given to us automatically. God is good, so we already know that. And a lot of times we just tend to live life any way we want. If we don't really pay attention that there are certain things that are not pleasing to God in our lives. But if we realize God is so good to me that if I'm doing this the wrong way, in a way that is not pleasing to God, I need to repent from that. And a lot of times the lack of repentance in our lives it is, it's an obstruction. It's a wall between my relationship, my healthy relationship, between a God who loves me, a God who is good to me, and myself. So do you despise how rich God is in His goodness? His goodness, we take it for granted many times. Everything, everything we have, everything you are, is because of His goodness. And a lot of times we take it for granted. And so he says, Romans, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Roman, the Romans church, the goodness of God should lead you to repent. In other words, realize that if you agree, that if you believe in your heart, God is good. And if you're doing something that is not pleasing to God, then your automatic response should be because of His goodness, because He's compassionate to me, because He's because of His goodness I have not been consumed. I need to straighten up my act with God. If there is anything I need to repent, I need to repent of it. As a matter of fact, God is so good. God is so good that. Um, if we understand His goodness, that should lead me to repent if there is something in my life that is not pleasing to God. Many times, because of our mistakes, we carry with us the guilt of those bad choices that we make. Has that ever happened to you? Because it's happened to me. Oh, Pastor, do you make those mistakes? Yeah, I make many more than you probably do. And I'm not, no. But I need to come back every day, every single day of my life. I need to come back and realize, Lord, I am a sinner. But because of your goodness, Lord, I'm still where I am. I'm still here. And you're still giving me another chance. And you're the God of second chances. And you're the God of second opportunities. And, and, and my response to that should be, Lord, forgive me. A lot of times people tend to say, Lord, I'm sorry. 
God already knows how you feel. God wants to know if you repent. And, and now when we talk about repentance, because of His goodness, if His goodness leading you to repentance, we're not talking about saying I'm sorry and, and turn around and go back and do it again. Biblical repentance means you turn around. You turn around, you were going the wrong way, you turn around and now you take a different direction. Biblical repentance means that because of God is being so good to you, that you want to do things different, you want to do things better. So His goodness should lead you to repentance. So our response to God's goodness should be to repent if we're not doing something, if we're doing something that is not pleasing to Him. As a Christian, Every time I fail to thinking uh, to think that God is so good that I need to repent, that biblical repentance, uh, sometimes we just, if we don't realize that, we tend to take advantage of His goodness and take it for granted. Uh, how's, how's, how's your life? How are you walking with the Lord? Uh, are you meditating on His goodness that will lead you to repent if there is something you got to put on the table? But He is so good that He doesn't want you to carry with that guilt of your bad choices. And so His goodness wants you to repent. So stop carrying that stuff. Those bad choices, those mistakes that you made in your life, leave them behind. Forget about it. As a matter of fact, He says He forgives our sins and He dumps it into the deep of the sea. A lot of times the problem with us as Christians is that we like to, take a, a, we, we like to go fishing. And we like to take out those things that He already threw all the way down in the sea. And we like to pull them back out. And remember the mistakes we made over and over and over. And God already forgave you for those things if you ask for forgiveness. If you repent, He already forgave you. Let it go. But His goodness, when you realize His goodness, His goodness you need you to repent if there's anything you need to repent of. So there's the second thing. Once we repent... There's a second thing we need to do because of His goodness. And it's that the goodness of God should lead me to worship God. So first I repent. Now that I repent, I have, I have a clear path to be able to worship Him with no interruptions between Him and I because of my sin. Because sins build a barrier between us and God. And that barrier can be put down when you repent. Once you repent, now you can come and worship. So His goodness should lead us to be true worshipers. Psalm 1, uh, 107 verse 31, it says, Oh, the man would praise the Lord for His goodness. The man will praise the Lord. So the, the man should worship, should praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works. To the children of men. So, so basically, it, it, the, the, you should worship individually. When you're at home, wherever you are, it should be, your life should be a life of worship. A lot of times we believe worship is coming over here and singing a few songs. No, that, that is part of worship. But worship is a lifestyle. When you wake up and you say, praise the Lord, I'm awake. That's worship. When you wake up and you get on your knees, if you get on your knees to pray, that is worship. 
When you go out, when you cook breakfast, before you go out of your house, and you cook breakfast with a joyful heart, that is worship. And you're, God, thank you for providing this sex, providing this bacon, and this stuff, the coffee, and that is worship. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not a moment. It's not an event. So out of His goodness, we should worship Him. Individually, we should worship Him. We, should, we, we don't have to wait until we get to church. But when we get to church, we should also do corporate worship. Look at what Psalms 22, 22 says. I will tell you of your name to my... I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, what would I do? What am I going to do? I will praise you. I will worship. I will praise you in the midst of the congregation. So then there was one thing that Maggie was doing here this morning. It's like, hey, I don't know if you're tapping down here, but from here up, you're like, no movement. <laughs> and so next week, if you don't do that, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to be clapping with everybody. So get it going. We're here to worship the Lord. We're here to be joyful, to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Come on. It kills me. I'm like, oh, I need to talk about this. I hope nobody gets offended. But if they do, oh well. They already put me in a month ago. So no problem. So deal with it. And you got to put up with me for the next years to come. But how do we, how do we come and say, Lord, you are so good to us. I love you, Lord. Really? <laughs> no, no, come on, come on, get that going. We're celebrating Christ. Every time we get here, we're celebrating Christ. Yeah. We're not doing a funeral in this place. <laughs> we're celebrating Him because the cross is empty. Yeah. We don't have a dead Christ. He is alive. He has been risen. And, and, and so His goodness is so, is so much to us. That in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. I will praise you. And, and let me tell you this. There's nothing wrong with you taking vacation on Sundays. But, but I, I want to recommend something to you. Whenever you go, if you're in another country, if you're in another state, find a church on Sunday. Sundays is the Lord's Day. Respect the Lord's Day. Find a church. If you don't find a church, if you're in the mountains, then do worship with your family. If you're by yourself, take your scripture, take the Bible, open your Bible, and worship the Lord. Take a moment to worship. But don't say, oh, I'm on vacation. I don't have to do worship today. Wherever you go, stop in the middle of the, not in the middle of the road, but stop in the middle of your trip. Go to the side. Make sure you're safe. Pull out your Bible. And put some, 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 put some songs, worship God at that moment, and read scripture, and do that moment, do that respect that, is, that, that, that God deserves for His goodness. Worship the Lord. A, a lot of times, I don't know, we, we put other stuff as a priority on a, on a Sunday morning on the Lord's Day. I, I will never forget, in uh, the first church plan, that, that I did, that the Lord allowed me to uh, plan. Um, there was this family who received visitors that morning. And, and so, you know, kind of like, uh, 
they had a hard time giving me a call and they said because they had a commitment something to do at the church and uh, it was a new church plan so the, 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 the father of the home calls me and he says pastor we won't be able to come uh, he calls me around 7 in the morning uh, we won't be able to come to church we have a commitment this family came from another country to visit us and so we won't be able to go to church and I said, okay, that's your, that's your decision. I respect that. Have a good day. Uh, you know, hopefully we, we'll catch up next week. And he said, yeah, we will. We will. Well, next week when we catch up, he said, Pastor, I'm theirs. I said, what's going on? And so these people were not Christian believers, not Protestant Christian believers. So they were from uh, the popular religion. And uh, so at 7 o'clock after he hung up with me, this family got up, got ready, found out where their church was, and left the church. And left the people they were visiting at home doing nothing. But they were committed to go to their type of, the type of church they worship. And he said, I'm embarrassed that I put my priority of worship in that day to attend to them. And they, the non-believers, gave me the example that they didn't stay in bed, they didn't stay with us eating breakfast, they went to church because it was worship time. And I asked them, why? Because God has been so good to us, we got to go and worship. And they went into their popular religion church to worship. And a lot of times, we, we kind of learn from stuff like that. How, how, how can we not worship? How can we not worship? Do you remember when Jesus healed those ten, uh, those ten people who had leprosy? You remember that? And, and he told them, go and show yourself to the priest. And, and, and as they were going, they got healed. And, and when they got healed, only one of them came back. And, and he said, I thought there were ten. But the one, that, the one who came back, came back and immediately worshipped Jesus. Why? Because he was thankful for, for the goodness that Jesus had shown him. So repent and make worship priority in your life. There's, there's one third thing that we need to do. If we really appreciate God's goodness, if we really appreciate his goodness, if we are thankful for his goodness, then the goodness of God should lead me to desire the teaching of God's Word in my life. Now, now let me ask you this. This is, this is very personal. Do you desire the Word of God in your life? Do you desire to hear God's Word in your life? Because if you desire to hear God's Word in your life, that, that's a good thing. That means you realize how good He is that you want to hear from Him. Uh, check what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. So put away all malice. So get rid of all this stuff, Peter says. Put away the old malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Put that aside. That's not who you are. That's not who you are as a believer. That's not how you, who you are as a Christian. Instead of Focusing on these negative stuff, verse 2, he says, like newborn infants, 
He doesn't say to be a kid. He said, like newborn infants, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you might grow up into salvation. If indeed, if indeed you had tasted the Lord, that the Lord is what? So if you have tasted that the Lord is good, desire, and he doesn't say, he doesn't say go be like a baby. He says, no, desire. Have you ever heard a baby cry? I'm sure you have. When they're hungry? Oh, they don't give up. They don't give up. They know how to do it. And they'll cry and they'll cry and they'll cry until you feed them. And what Peter is saying, that's the same way that you should desire the Word of God. And, and so, there's no excuse. You want to hear the Word of God on Tuesday? You have a Bible study. Uh, Vet's house has a Bible study, a small group on Tuesday. Pastor Roy has uh, uh, Iron Man. On, on, and, and don't worry. He's not going to put you to work out to become an Iron Man uh, or one of the real Iron Man. He's going to put you to work out in the Word. But there's time to spend in the Word uh, for that. There's Wednesday night Bible study. Ron has a Wednesday night Bible study. There's a small group also at Eddie's house on Friday. There's Sunday school in the mornings. There's, there's many opportunities to grow in the Word of God. Now the question is not if there's opportunities to, work, to grow in the Word of God. The question is, do you desire? Because of His goodness, do you desire to hear from God? Do you desire God's Word? I don't know about you, but what would happen if you only eat physical food on Sundays? Let's do that. Let's try it. Oh man, we'll be fit. We'll lose so much weight. <laughs> Starting with me. Right? So why sometimes do we just, why do we just want to be fed the Word of God on Sundays? And a lot of times, a lot of times we don't even touch our Bibles during the week. But there is opportunities, there is tools God has given us. So if you, if you have, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, desire like a little baby, like a small baby, the spiritual, the spiritual food like milk, the way they desire that milk, desire the Word of God. Grow in that area. So you can hear from God what His will is, what He wants for you, for you, and what He expects from you. Desire the Word of God. Number four, the goodness of God. How do we respond to that? The goodness of God should lead me to experience hope in the moments of adversity. So I need to be a person who has hope and who shows and communicates hope to other people. It's, it's a very different thing to always be bummed out and always feel like um, I, I lost this I lost this bottle I'm, I'm, I'm done with this stuff and, and I don't know if you ever met somebody who's always on the negative side of things boy that thing is so contagious it's so contagious that once somebody starts saying something negative, then that plants a seed in your mind, and then you become negative, and then you plant that seed. It, it, it's been said that it takes, it takes only one person to discourage 18 people. I'm sorry, one person to discourage 24 people with a negative 
comment. One person to discourage 24 people with a negative comment, and it takes 18 positive people to encourage one negative person. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how things that are negative get stuck in your head so easily? But if you know, and if you have experienced God's goodness, that should give you hope. And when a person is hopeful, a person is hope, it has hope in the Lord. When you have hope in the Lord, then you see life in a different way. Then you see life in a different way because you see it from God's perspective, not from yours. Psalm 27 verse 10 through 14 it says, For my father, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, uh, for, false, uh, for false witness have risen against me, and they have breathed out violence. And look at what verse 13 says. I believe that I should look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It doesn't matter how bad things are going. It doesn't matter how much adversity I have. It doesn't matter how many adversaries I have. Why? It doesn't matter because the goodness of the Lord is with me. And then verse 14 says, wait for the Lord. And that is a sign of hope. Hope in the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So hope again. Hope again. Keep your hope up. That the goodness of the Lord is going to show up. So when you know that God is good. And when you realize how good He is. You should have hope in the middle of adversities. And notice what it says in the beginning of verse 10. It says, For my mother, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. So what it says here is if in those times of adversity, maybe the key people in your life, people that are so important, people that are crucial, that have crucial roles in your life, will turn their back on you. But there is hope that even if that happens, the Lord will not turn His back on you. So in adversities, I have to have hope. So my response, for God, because of God's goodness, my response should be, I have hope. So how are things going? Well, things are not going too good, but I know God is with me. But I know God will help me get through this. I know that even though I, I don't see the day of the, the moon, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel right now, I know God is going to take care of me because I know God is with me. So being positive doesn't mean to, uh, to ignore reality. Being positive doesn't mean to... Reality is reality. What's going on? I'm, I'm going through some trials. But the positive part is, yeah, despite of the trials that I'm going through, I know God is with me. And I know God's going to help me to get through this. Because the Bible says that even if I go through the valley of the, what? Shadow of death. He, he is with me. So that's being hopeful. That is being positive. So you hope when you have experienced the goodness of God. How many times has God been good to you? So how can you lose hope? Oh, pastors, because you don't know the problem I'm going through. It's because every time we're going through a problem, it feels like we're the only ones who are going through that, right? No, you're not the only one. 
Everybody goes through trials. Everybody goes through adversity. Everybody experiences hard times. But not everybody stands strong, hoping for the Lord because of His goodness. Psalm 78 verse 7 says, So that they should set their hope in God. Now, who do you set your hope upon? Do you set your hope on, on friends, families? Do you put your hope in, in your job? In your bank account? Where's your hope? Or is it your hope on God? He is the one who's being good to you. He is the one that you experience all this stuff, all the goodness of God that you experience. He wants you to have hope in Him. So He says, do not forget the words of God. That will give you hope. Instead, keep His commandments. So also, the goodness of God, number five, the goodness of God should lead me to be thankful. So what have we said? The goodness of God should take me to be what? To repent. Right? Once I repent, then the goodness of God should lead me to do what? So next week, Maggie, next week, if you don't see any movement up here, just do this. Just do this to me and then I'll come up. And say, let's see, who's not moving now? Uh, repent. Worship. Desire God's Word. Hope. And number five, be thankful. Be thankful for His goodness. The goodness of God should lead me to be a thankful person. Most people tend to complain about what they don't have instead of being thankful for what they have. And I'll tell you one thing. If you have never been in a third world country, you don't know what it means not to have. Even I go to Mexico. I was just yesterday in Mexico. And I was talking to one of the guys who went to a Bible institute in Venezuela. And, and I said, hey, so how was your experience over there? He said, man, he was, he was, he was heavy set when he was here in Mexico. He came back from Venezuela like, man, I need to go to Venezuela. <laughs> you know, they, they don't have much to eat. He said, we had portions and, and we rationed everything. He, he said, Pastor, I didn't realize that Mexico... Some people try. Uh, so, so, some people treat Mexico like a third world country. I said, No, Mexico is not a third world country. You go to my country, that's a third world country. You you go to Haiti, that's a third world country. You go to Mexico, you find the tacos everywhere in the corner. You find food everywhere. There's nothing. No, as a matter of fact, we're paying six bucks a gallon of gas. They're paying three. They're paying less, but when their, their gas prices didn't go up. Third world country? No, that's not third world country. They got money out there. They got money, trust me. And, and so, but I was, as we were talking, we were just, you know, people don't know how good they have it over here in Mexico. And I'm like, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how people don't know what good they have it up in the States. Until you go to some of these third world countries, and you realize how kids are looking for food in the trash. You're, you see these kids going to go, go into, to your windshield to try to clean so you can give them 10 cents, 25 cents, so they can have some food to eat. And you don't know. You don't know what's, what's not having. 
the goodness of God should make us thankful. Thankful. Instead of complaining for what we don't have, we should be thankful for what we have. I mean, sometimes my refrigerator is full with stuff that I don't eat and I gotta throw it away. That never happens to you? Of course it does. It's just amazing. And we gotta be thankful. Lord, you have given us so much. What am I giving of myself? How am I helping others that are in need? What am I doing to show that thankfulness? Because being thankful, if you say you're thankful, is one thing. But being thankful is to act with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, it says, Enter his gates. How? With thanksgiving. So when you enter here, you say, the Lord is good. Thank you, Lord. So the, 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 you're not allowed to come into these doors without thanksgiving. You should come in with thanksgiving. You should come in thank, praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and being with thanksgiving. Enter, his, enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. So it says to do all these things, verse 5, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 107, uh, 107 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. God is so good. So many times we, we, we complain about the dirty dishes, right? Instead of saying, thank you, Lord, that means that I ate. That's why there's dirty dishes in the sink. Uh, we complain, the kids left a big mess. Look at honey. Kids left a big mess. They left all your toys. Be thankful because you have kids. You know, there are people who can't have kids. So be thankful. Oh, there's no parking space nearby the, the, the store. Be thankful. You have to be walk. Be thankful. And instead of finding a thing to complain about, find a thing to be thankful for because God is good to you. If you can walk, that means, what about sometimes people who can walk? What about the people who can see? Be thankful because you are able to do these things. And you're only able to do these things because God is what? God is good. Number six. The goodness of God should press you, should lead you to tell others about Jesus Christ. How much are you telling people about Jesus? Check what Psalm 71, 15 says. I will tell of your goodness, the psalmist says. I will tell of your goodness all day long. I will speak of your salvation. So how much do you tell people about His goodness? How much do you tell people? How much do you share with your neighbor? How much do you share with your family members? How much do you, do you tell people about His goodness, His salvation, what He's done in your life? A lot of times people say, Pastor, it's because I don't know how to talk about Christ. I don't know how to. I don't know how to share the gospel. You don't need to know how to share the gospel. All you need to do is talk about His goodness. Just tell people how good it's been to you. You know, the Lord has been so good. The Pastor Roy took me to a bike ride this week. 
You know, he's got this problem with bike rides, right? <laughs> he has some addiction stuff. So he took me. And as we're going on, we're going to Seal Beach, I'm like, I'm trying to keep up with Pastor Roy, right? You see, Pastor Roy, Pastor Oscar. Pastor Roy, Pastor Oscar. So, Pastor Roy legs, Pastor Oscar legs. <laughs> so, I'm trying to, and I kept up with him. Hey, he thought I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. So we did a back round trip. We did it in an hour and about an hour and forty-five minutes total. But as we get to as we get to Seal Beach, we go eat breakfast. And when we're eating breakfast, we, he parks his bike facing that way. So he tells me, "Park your bike facing that way." So I do. I don't know if you know that I have a really bad back. If I fall, or if I have a car accident, I can easily be paralyzed. Because my S1 and my L1 are 10, uh, 10 millimeters off. So where your bone is supposed to be like this in your spine, mine is like that. So as soon as I pick up my bike when we finished breakfast, we were like, what happened? Because as soon as I pick up my bike, the front wheel comes on. Just out of nowhere. We couldn't explain this. What happened here? But we rode more than 30 miles that way. And, right? No problem. No problem. We rode that way. You know, yesterday I was in Mexico. A month ago, there's a family that they, 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 they take care of me. They, they make my food, they make my meals when I go teach over there. So I was there yesterday. And don't, for, don't think that I forgot about my story with the bike. But I'm going with the second story. That's the same thing. <laughs> the lady in that house, a week after I was there last month, they tell her she has cancer. And a thyroid cancer. And that they need to take her in right away. Because it's, it's pretty bad. So it's like in a week, a week later she gets surgery. And the doctors are on top of her. And they're like, no, that's cancer. And the surgeons are looking at it, and that's cancer. So they sent for testing. They sent for testing four times during that moment. And everything came back negative. And when I'm sitting yesterday there with them, and they're making, they make my coffee, they, they take good care of me. He, he, her and her husband are beautiful people. But her husband was also diagnosed with a heart problem last two months ago. And he can't work no more. But they still take care of me. They still make my coffee. They make my chilaquiles in the morning. I'm not taking it because those are for me only. So, um, and I said, what are we going to do? What are you going to do because of what's going on in your life? I said, I know what you need to do. You need to go tell about the goodness of God. All you need to do is share with people what God has been doing with you in your life. All I need to do is tell people, you know, this is how God takes care of me. He didn't let me fall. Because if I would have fall, who knows the result of that? So a lot of times you don't need to be a theologian. You don't need to take theology classes. You don't need to go to Bible Institute to be able to tell people about God. Just tell people how good God has been to you. And that's what the psalmist says. It says, I will tell of the goodness of God. All day long I will speak of your salvation. How God saved me. Tell your testimony. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. And I will proclaim your goodness 
yours alone. You, you know, open your bulletins sometimes when you come to church. Most people don't ever see this. This is a bulletin. <laughs> I'm going to do what Vince Lombardi did, right? This is a football. So this is a bulletin. You're supposed to open it and look at the announcement that Lulu puts in there. And also sermon notes. So you can take note. So I assume you already know all the six points that we've done so far, right? But there's also this little paper there. I, I pray that you will write the names of three people in this paper. Write the names of three people that you're going to be praying for. That you want to share the gospel with. That you're going to be praying for and, and that you will invite those three people not next week, on Easter Sunday. So pray for them for a whole month. Pray and pray and pray. And all you got to do, you, you don't have to convert them. All you have to do is invite them. All you have to do is tell them. It, it's your job to tell them. That's the reason why God has left us on this earth. So we can share of His goodness. It's not my job to convert people. It's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not going to compete with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. That's His job. To convince people of their sin. But it's my job to share the gospel. It's my job to talk about His goodness. And for every time Jesus heals somebody, they were so thankful for His goodness that they couldn't stop talking about His goodness. Every time He healed somebody, remember, even when He told that guy that He healed, He said, hey, don't go tell anybody what I just did. What did He do? He went and told everybody. It's because when you experience His goodness, there's no way you can shut it. There's no way you can stay quiet. You gotta tell people how good God has been to you. And for and, and last, we gotta finish with this. Number seven, the goodness of God should lead me to remember all the days of my life, all His benefits. What are the benefits? Of God's goodness in your life. What are the benefits? I'm sure you can make a list that you will not stop writing if you acknowledge His goodness to you. Don't forget what He's done for you. How much has God done for you? I can tell you thing after thing, story after story, but I have uh, the rest of my life to do that in this church from this pulpit Psalm 103 verse 1 and 2 says bless the Lord as a matter of fact read it with me read it aloud with me please so we can be done today if not I'm not finishing the sermon <laughs> uh, now you're going to read with me right read with me bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Remember His benefits. He's been so good to you. Don't forget how good, how good He's been with you, to you. So when there's something that is not pleasing to the God, number one, what are you going to do? Repent. 
And then when you repent, there is no obstruction, there is no barrier between you and God. So you need to do what? You need to worship. And if you go on vacation, what are you going to do? You're going to pull to the side, not in the middle. You're going to pull to the side and worship. You're going to step, wherever you are, you're going to worship. What's the number three? What's the third thing you need to do? Do what? Desire His Word. Number four? Hope. Hope will make you a positive person, not a negative person, right? Number five? Be thankful. Instead of complaining about everything, be thankful. You can always turn it around. Number six? Number six, tell others about Christ. I didn't hear that that loud. That loud. Tell others about Christ. Tell of His goodness. Go tell people how good God has been to you. You don't need to know much. All you need to know is what has He done for you. And number seven, do not forget all His benefits. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Because the only thing, the only reason why we do all these things, Lord, is because of your goodness. As Corey Temple wrote, if you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be depressed. But if we look at you, Lord, if we look at God, you will be at rest. So we rest in you, O oh Lord. We rest in you because of your goodness. Your goodness, your mercy should follow me the rest of my life. Your love endures forever. You are so good that we want to praise you and we want to walk according to your will if we acknowledge your good these are the things that we need to at least be doing in our lives because we want to worship you for who you are in Jesus name we pray in his name and only
God is good all the time, right? Amen. And all the time, God is good. It's good to be reminded this morning of God's goodness. It's good to be reminded that as you walk out these doors, He's still good out there, not just good in here, right? And so my prayer for you this morning and this week, that as you go out into that world that needs to hear about the good, good God that we love and serve, that He'll go with you, He'll walk beside you. He'll go before you. He'll protect you. He'll be with you when you pull into the gas pump and see the first digit is a six. (laughs) And we should be grateful that we've got the provision that he's given us, right? And so, Lord, we would go this morning with hearts prepared to continue to worship you. Worship doesn't stop at these doors. We go into this world, this chaotic world, this world that's uh, just in total chaos. And we go with a message of hope because of your goodness. And so, Lord, we look to you. Whatever the circumstances of our life today, whatever the health needs in our life, whatever the situation is in our homes, at the workplace, help us to keep our focus on you, that you're a good, good God. And we're grateful this morning that we worship you together because of your goodness. We worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. And so as you go into your work, go with the blessing of God's goodness. If you're still looking for the offering plates, they don't exist anymore, I think. That's why we have our offering box on the stool back there, right? And uh, just a reminder, another example of God's goodness. Every time we pass that box, God is good. God's good all the time. All the time. God is good. Have an awesome week.